0: Tonight we have a speaker. Um, this is the first Friday of Lent, and so this is our first Friday speaker in the series, and his name is Matt Lagerman. Matt is, um, and his wife, Teresa, live in O'Fallon, Missouri. They have two sons, and one of them is in the se- currently in the seminary. Man, uh, Matt has um, he has been a host for St. Joseph Radio for over 10 years. He's often heard on um TV and our covenant, local Covenant Network radio from 12 to 1 on Saturdays. And um, T- Matt and Teresa are participating; they participate in Life Runners, so sometimes you'll see him with a Life Runner shirt on. Um, he's the, um, and he's as part of the Life Runners, he sponsors running and walking events um, to witness to the unborn.
1: They actually tell me I'm the best life runner out there because I'm so slow, the message is out there the longest. (laughs) It has been a long 12 months for the family. Back in March, I went through two back surgeries. Been out of work since March of last year, long-term disability, and at the beginning of this year, my wife comes down with a brain aneurysm, not an aneurysm, but a brain uh, abscess which is very rare, and they don't know what caused it. But praise God, she's at home now, and I'm giving her her IV antibiotics through her pick line. I jokingly tell people, we're trying to live the life of Job from the Old Testament. It's that You think, well, well, can things get worse? Well, let me tell you, I'm leaving the house on the way I heard tonight, and I see a police car out in front of my house. I'm thinking, which one of the boys got in trouble now? So he, I go to the door, and I go, yes, sir, can I help you? The officer looks at me and says, where were you at between six and seven? Well, I believe that was the first grade. <laughs> yeah, I know, rough crowd. Good evening, brothers and sisters. It is through God's grace and our own free will that we are gathering here this evening during this season of Lent. My name is Matt Logman, one of the hosts of St. Joseph Radio Presents and Sjen.tv, And I'd like to thank you and Father Matthew Midas for allowing us to bring the St. Joseph Radio Lenten Speaker Series to St. Angelo Marici. And what a beautiful house of worship you folks have. You are very blessed in that regard. I'm humbled and privileged to speak to you early in our Lenten journey in hopes to shed some light on some of the pitfalls that the enemy will no doubt put in our paths. Obstacles, what are they? Where did they come from and why? And how do we overcome these obstacles on our paths to holiness? Holy Mother Church, through her infinite wisdom, though, gives us seasons in which we are called to grow in holiness. She knows her adversary will unceasingly, as it has since the fall of Satan and the angels that followed him, will do everything in their power to separate us from God in our goal of heaven. Brothers and sisters these are powers that can never be underestimated or taken for granted. It has been said that one of his greatest weapons is to come under the radar. People will then think he doesn't exist. Where he goes unprotected and lulls us into a false sense of security we become complacent. Comfortable Catholicism my friends has perhaps shot us in the foot, allowing the evil one to slip through the cracks into every aspect of our lives. The first one I'll point out is the domestic church, our homes. According to Sister Lucia, one of the three seers in Fatima, one of the last battles will be against marriage and the family, our domestic church our safe havens, our homes. Let this sink in. I'm fairly confident that everyone here has either experienced this or know someone who has the wounds from Satan's attacks. Divorces, infidelity, pornography, addictions of all kinds, child abuse, as parents will give children hormones To delay puberty for gender transitions exhibit one satan that the battle is ongoing next i'll point out his attack on our schools where the precious gifts given to us from god go to learn when i went to school kids would sleep now it seems that they are woke and it's not a good thing Teachers telling grade school children that they can be anything they want. That used to mean firefighters, astronauts, the president. Now it seems to be either a boy or a girl. Books in their libraries depicting stories that not only applaud these choices, but deem it normal. in our public libraries available to children under the 10 years of age. Next would be every media outlet where we are being bombarded 24-7, 365, with everything pointing us to enjoy every finite pleasure known to mankind. If you think I'm being overly dramatic, I think not. I interviewed a man named Zachary King a while back, who was a grand wizard for Satan's world church. Praise God, the Blessed Mothers has since converted him over to Catholicism, through her son's divine mercy. At any given time, there are between two and nine of these grand wizards on earth, who through their magic and spells earn millions of dollars for Satan's church, for the people who can afford this, who desired world power, fame, success, He pointed out to me that in a music video, and I don't want to name the artist, in this video, one of the grand wizards makes a cameo. Unbeknownst to the fans and our children, that pure evil has been introduced into your homes and into our subconsciouses. Next, our jobs, where our faith must be hidden in a desk drawer or face termination. I was privileged to interview Dr. Gregory Thompson about 10 years ago, who will be here to speak on March 10th. actually. This godly man, who was once the superintendent for the Ozark public school system, was fired for acknowledging God. He got into a little aggravation with one of the teachers who would not do the Pledge of Allegiance, and she knew the right people to talk to, threw him under the bus. They came out and looked in his office and said, that has to come down pointing to his crucifix. That there has to go in your desk drawer pointing to his Bible on his desk because you can't ask me to do that. Well they did and he didn't and they fired him. Next I would like to say even yes our church is under attack. For this I would like to point out a couple of historical facts. October 13th, 1884. Pope Leo XIII had a remarkable vision. When he finished celebrating Mass in his private Vatican chapel, attended by a few cardinals and members of the Vatican staff, he suddenly stopped at the foot of the altar. He stood there for about 10 minutes as if in a trance, his face ashen white. Then going immediately to the from the chapel to his office, he composed the prayer to Saint Michael with instructions that it be said after all O Masses everywhere. When he asked what had happened, he explained that suddenly he heard two voices, one kind and gentle, the other one guttural and harsh. They seemed to be coming from near the tabernacle, he said. As he listened, he heard the following conversation. The guttural voice of Satan in his pride boasted to our Lord, I can destroy your church. The gentle voice of our Lord says, You can? Then go ahead and do so. How much time? How much power? Satan replied, 75 to 100 years and a greater power over those who will give themselves over to my service. To do so, I need more time and more power. Our Lord responded, You have the time. You will have the power. Do with them what you will. This happened in 1884. The devil said he needed 75 to 100 years. 75 years later, 1959, January 25th, Pope John XXIII publicly summoned the Second Vatican Council. Wow. This certainly sheds a little light on Cardinal McCarrick's actions and many others. Here is a quote from Pope Paul VI, delivered in a sermon that startled the world. Describing the chaos, then consuming the post-conciliar church, he said, from some fissure, the smoke of Satan has entered the temple of God. The next quote I would like to bring up is from a man we used to know as Carol Wotia. He was in Philadelphia during the Declaration of Independence. He spoke some words which a lot of people believe are very prophetic. He is on record as stating, and you can find this online, We are now standing in the face of the greatest historical confrontation humanity has ever experienced. I do not think that wide circles of the American society or whole wide circles of the Christian community realize this fully. We are now facing the final confrontation between the church and the anti-church, between the gospel and the anti-gospel, between Christ and the anti-Christ. The confrontation lies within the plans of divine providence. It is therefore in God's plan and it must be a trial which the church must take up and face courageously. So what all this means is that Satan doesn't like us and he despises God's plan for humanity. We are three days into our 40-day Lenten journey. Who here has already had issues with keeping their Lenten promise? No no hands, really. It's understandable, though, if you have. Out of the nine choirs of angels, the three closest to God, the seraphim, the cherubim, the thrones, are most powerful. Even to the point where some exorcisms last months, with repeated visits to the exorcist to cast out the demon or demons out of the one possessed. I've read a lot about the exorcisms and some of the trials that these people go through, and the the one who teaches them in Rome. And you think of the movie The Exorcist, it's a one-time thing. God cast them out. And the guy who was learning from the person who teaches them in Rome, He goes, why is this take? well how can this take so long? And he pointed out that this is a very powerful demon. The ones closest to God. And I'm like, wow, I never thought that. Because when Satan left, he took a third of his angels, or demons that followed him. And the ones that came from higher up that hierarchy, they are very powerful. That's why we have problems here. That's why it's easy to trip up. Thank God we have confession. I know we all need it. Obstacles, what are they? Temptations, seductions, things that take our focus off the paths to holiness. Where do they come from and why? Pretty easy. Master of deception and lies and his vast army of demons. Why is out of his pride and envy of humanity and God's plan for salvation? These powerful and eternal spirits upon learning that they would one day have to kneel to a substandard carbon, carbon vessel, was beneath their superiority. And opposite of the Virgin Mary's fiat, Satan said, no servium. Then, upon learning that the mother of Christ, fully human, not divine, would have the power to crush the serpent's head. Yeah, I'd say that Satan was quite pissed. That's why. The good news is my friends is satan and his demons only have the power over us that we give them that is why we need to know our enemy we need to understand how mostly out of ignorance that we crack open those doors and windows allowing them into our lives we need to educate ourselves we need to figure out what we're doing wrong and do it fast That brings me to how to overcome these obstacles and traps that the bad one is setting for us. Well, if you haven't already, it's time to fight back. Amen? This is all happening on our watch. This is going on right now. God put us here today for a reason. We all have a job to do. First off, we need to protect the domestic church, our homes. Believe it or not, Pious practices keep evil in bay. They act in the supernatural world just behind the veil where we cannot see, but they are powerful. Holy Mother Church has given us weapons. These are called sacramentals, and they are instruments of spiritual warfare. Holy water. Fonts can be found at your local Catholic store, they are not expensive and holy water is free. Everyone should have one at every exit to their house. Bless your house, bless your hotel room with it. Epiphany water, which has blessed salt and a prayer of minor exorcism. All sacramentals that we can all get and bring to our domestic church, our homes for protection. Blessed salt to be used as a barrier for your homes to keep the bad guys out. Blessed oil, which can be used for prayers of healing, when we are hurt or wounded, St. Benedict crucifix is armored, used for spiritual protection. Bless chalk for the entryway of your home. I think the kids would like that. The rosary, St. Padre Pio called this his weapon, which is exactly what it is. The St. Michael rosary, Our Lady of Sorrows rosary. Bless palms from Palm Sunday, are very powerful. Holy relics used for very special intercessions of the saints. Binding prayers for protection for you and your family. The Saint Michael prayer to call upon the power of this archangel. Brown, green, etc. scapulars for added protection. There are many many more of these I know that I personally do not use them frequently enough, and really what good is any weapon that's not being used when someone's trying to hurt your family? I'd like to read from Romans chapter 8. Who will separate us from the love of Christ? Will tribulation or distress? For I am convinced that neither death nor life, nor things present, nor things to come, nor any other created thing will be able to separate us from the love of God. Bless the Lord my soul. So at the end of the day, where are we, my friends? I mean, on the earth. Why are we all here? You're in luck because I'm gonna let you know we are here to help save souls. My friends, We are part of the church militant, and we are made for combat. This excerpt was taken from the Catechism. The whole of man's history has been the story of dour combat with the powers of evil stretching from the very dawn of history until the last day. Catechism of the Catholic Church, paragraph 409. We were made for battle. This is not some symbolic spiritual thing. It is real. We were made for spiritual warfare. Listen to the military language in this passage of Ephesians, Ephesians 6, 10 through 18. Put on the armor of God so that you may be able to stand firm against the tactics of the devil. Our battle is not against human forces, but against the principalities and powers, the rulers of this world of darkness, the evil spirits. Do all your duty requires, hold your ground take the armor of god stand having your loins girt about with truth having on the breastplate of justice and your feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace and all things taking the shield of faith so that you may be able to extinguish all the fiery darts thrown at you by the wicked one and take unto you the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit which is the Word of God. Next are schools. Folks, we've got to get involved. What's going on is an absolute travesty. You've got to know what your children and grandchildren are being taught. Remember that you are the first and most important teacher in their family. If they are not already in a Catholic school, I ask you to please consider it. I have been told by people that they can't afford it. and I look at their lives and they're living in a half million dollar home and they're driving over a hundred thousand dollars with the vehicles, expensive vacations, hobbies, prioritize. Live in a $250,000 home, drive $60,000 worth of vehicles. We are talking about the salvation of the souls for eternity. We got to do everything. We're here to sacrifice for our children. It is not about us anymore. Men, our main duty in life, number one priority, get yourself and your wives and your children to heaven. Bar none. Ladies, same thing. Get yourself, your husband and your children to heaven. That is why we are placed here. I'm not saying that Catholic education is perfect. It isn't. But it's a far better cry than what the public system is offering with God and prayer removed. I'll never forget the first day I walked my child into kindergarten. Immaculate Conception of Darden And before I got out of that building, they started off with prayer. I smiled to myself and I said, yeah, this is the right place. Next, we need to control the media that comes into our homes. Remember, our homes are the domestic church. Do we know what the kids are watching? Do we let them go into their rooms with internet-available stuff, their phones? And they'll tell you everybody's doing it, everybody's playing it, everybody's watching it, mom, dad. Well, they're not. Take heart, there are many good families out there that are doing the right things, that focus on what is above. We need to set boundaries, and we need to keep those for the kids. It's not like they're gonna like it, but it is our jobs. Striving for holiness is what we all need to do. And if they say they'd like to watch this R movie, that means you are not watching it. It's quite simple, folks. And talk with your children. I believe transparency is not only necessary but very, very valuable. The kids learn a lot from us. Even scripture says the son will do as the father does. I have two boys, they're now age 27 and 23, but the youngest one as she mentioned is sixth year at Kendrick Glennon Seminary. Well. When they were younger, they were watching all them ghost hunter shows. And I sat and watched a few of these shows with them. The search of the supernatural. And After watching a few of these shows, well, Dad, Bull, well, yeah, I, 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 uh, I called Bull. And I probably followed up with the S. I said, any one of these people come face to face with a demon after they soil themselves, they would be running like crazy. This is all show. It, they're just making money. They don't know what. It. Ah, it's a farce if you watch it. So I thought, how am I going to cure him of this?" They were approximately 10 and 13 when I explained the reality of what was going on. And we sat down the three of us, and we watched the movie, "The Exorcist," most scary movie ever probably made. It was a bold move, but I got him through the movie. And i like to say that going forward, as we look in today, they're both still practicing their faith. The 27-year-old, he lives out on his own, still goes to church. And his younger brother is not only that, but he's pursuing it as he discerns the priesthood for the Archdiocese of St. Louis. When age allowed it, I was very forthcoming of my life in my prodigal son years and all the debauchery that went along with it. On Father's Day about five years ago, they bought me a canvas picture of the prodigal son. And I have that mounted at the front door as a reminder of God's mercy and saving grace. God is good. Next, our jobs. Don't compromise. Proudly let your light shine as an example of God's love. Live by example. And when the Holy Spirit prompts you to act, trust Him. You'll know what to say. He'll give you the right words. And lastly, our church. Prayer, fasting, and almsgiving. It's as simple as that. Pray for our priest who, in the plans of divine providence, were allowed the attacks of Satan for a hundred years. Please, pray unceasingly for these men who were on the front line of the most important battle in the history of mankind. In closing, I'd like to remind and tell people the most important thing we can do is educate ourselves. I think we can all agree in the last 50 years, catechesis has, I don't really, I can't explain it. I won't even try because I know the powers that are in control are more powerful than I'll ever be able to wrap my arms around. I know many people that have gone through 12 years of Catholic education and they left the faith. How could that happen? How could that be? About 10 years ago, I was asked to join the five-year planning committee going forward for St. Dominic. Catholic school in O'Fallon, Missouri. And I was like, okay, why are they picking me for this? I think because they knew I was doing Catholic radio. They put me on the communications group there. But while I was there, I took every opportunity to pound this drum to anyone who would listen. There is no reason that if we dedicate our children to the Catholic education for 12 years, 12 years you have them, they should graduate as a trained apologist. They got them for 12 years, start in kindergarten and little by little. A trained, because they go out into the real world, into the forces after they leave that bubble, surrounded by people who have like minds, and you throw them out there. If they're not strong in their faith, they're gone. The demonic forces will pull them away and tear them up and spit them out. Well I'd like to say that a year after that St. Dominic added the class as a as a what do they call it alternative or, or an option you know it wasn't it wasn't mandatory of you know apologetics and the year after that it was required that's one school though we need to get that voice out there everywhere we need to fight Every Catholic school should have the apologetics classes in there. We have apologetics on the radio that I have learned so much. I thank Lou Cortese for St. Joseph Radio, and it's actually 15 years. My first program was the very first program Lou hosted out of St. Charles, Missouri. I remember going there. I had eight years experience when I told Lou I'd, I'd be glad to do anything I could. You know, I went through the broadcast center, I worked in radio for eight years, did everything I could. I wrote and produced commercials, live air. You know, I was the jock from seven to midnight. Did, you know, re, you know remotes, and it was a blast. So I, I want to help, you know. And that was, uh, I quit in 2000. So when I met Lou, it was around 08. It was before Obama's first election. That's how I remember how long it's been. And in that first meeting, in that first broadcast, I'm sitting there, and to my left I have Father Noah Waldman, who is a Jewish convert. Great story if you want to ever listen to his uh, story as he converts. And on the right, Bishop Robert Herman, and we're going to discuss the five non-negotiables every Catholic should take into the voting booth. Great program. Nobody listened. You know, eight years of, uh, anyway, I won't make this political. So there's a lot of good news going out there, folks, because people are fighting. When I heard about this, I was just, I thought, man, this is great. It's about time somebody's doing something. What they're doing to the kids, I mean, most of it's out of ignorance. People don't understand how strong these forces that we can't see. That's going on. That's what's causing all the problems. Like I said, educate yourselves. Here's a good source, www.saintjosephradio.net. You go there and you can find anything that you need to strengthen yourself on. You have questions, you could call Lou, call the radio station, 636-447-6000, I believe. And they will let you know what you need. They have a bookstore there. there, you need to check it out. Stop by her place out there on Highway 94, not too far from the cinema that's over there. And sjen.tv. Great programs. Everything meant to educate ourselves and to strengthen our faith. Folks, these tools are out there, and we got to use them. Satan doesn't sleep. I know a lot of us do. So let's wrap this up with a little prayer. Folks, would you please join me in praying the St. Michael prayer? Saint Michael, the archangel, defend us in battle. Be our protection against the wickedness and snares of the devil. May God rebuke him, we humbly pray. And do thou, O Prince of the heavenly host, by the power of God, thrust in hell Satan, and all the evil spirits who prowl about the world seeking the ruin of souls, amen. Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen. God bless you and thank you guys for coming tonight. I appreciate it.